Having spent 14 years in the corporate jungle with IT behemoths like IBM, SAP, Wipro, and GBM in Dubai, and six more as a first-generation entrepreneur, Brainbox is a podcast that is focused around leadership. I interview successful CEOs, MDs, chairmen, directors, and other very successful people in an honest, unscripted chat. I'm Kaushik Bose, and welcome to the Brainbox. Uh, for the people who are here for the first time, hi, my name is Govind. I run Arctic Invent, and we help uh, companies with their entire IP lifecycle, right from you know ideation till the grant of the patent, and also make them investment ready in terms of IP. And uh, today, of course, we are talking about sales and how do you generate your first uh, sales as a startup. And sales has always been a lifeblood in any business, right? And uh, of course, you have to be afloat and you know grow at the same time. But sales is something which validates the product and the service, and it actually is the starting point of any startup to you know to be really coming to the uh, to the world in terms of that they are really really important and they are really going to make uh, it successful. And so it is it is one of the most important aspect to a startup and a startup business. And our guest speaker today is sales rock star uh, Kaushik Bose. And uh, Kaushik, welcome to Startup Series. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for sparing uh, time to be here. And uh, would be great if you uh, kindly introduce yourself. Uh, you know, uh, in terms of career and in, in sales, and how has been your journey so far? Sure. First of all, thank you so much, Govind. Uh, it's really an honor to be on the show. I've seen your previous two episodes as well, and it's been phenomenal. So quick intro about me, I did my MBA from MDI Gurgaon, uh, worked in B2B sales, uh, primarily with IT behemoths that time with Wipro, SAP, IBM, and of course, GBM in Dubai as well for about 14 years. So had done a lot of the B2B sales, uh, been there in the business. Then after that, the startup bug bit me. So from 2017, I came back to India. Uh, we launched two startups, built a national franchise network of around 18 branches. Uh, Thankfully, managed to get a successful exit as well. Uh, but then what I realized somewhere, you know, like about some time back was that I didn't want to build another startup as a number one. So that's how I joined right now my batchmate from MDI uh, in his venture. It's called Green Tiger. So I'm the chief business officer. And interestingly, we've just launched the world's first dual partner in last month. So it's very interesting about the topic itself. Other than this, of course, I have my own podcast also, Brainbox. So sure. it's usually me who's asking the tough questions, but I have, I mean, it's very nice to be on the other side for a change. <laughs> great, great. So now the hunter is being hunted. I'm really glad that I am <laughs> able to do this. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I, I also would, you know, uh, Kaushik is a great relationship builder, you know, as, as my personal experience. Uh, I think we met in a conference and, you know, instantly yes. we connected and kind of, uh, uh, and I, I think this is one of the most important uh, in terms of sales to, you know, how to really network. And uh, those of you who want to learn networking, as as I said, there's there's an entire series on the networking. But but Kaushik, let's start from the beginning. And you have been an MBA from MDI. And, and, and you know, for people who have not done, you know, MBAs, uh, you know, sometimes sales and marketing comes as, you know, sales and marketing, right? Uh, but let's let's dissect a bit and see... So what exactly in your view is a sales function and how does it really differ from marketing? And as a startup, you know, when founders are mostly from the operations or not from, you know, generally uh, from the sales side, in, in most of the cases I've seen, especially in the technology startups, uh, how 
you know how do they look at the sales function so <clears throat> very interesting question actually because when i joined wipro uh, from campus so my dad used to tell everyone uh, that i was in marketing you know and i would correct him and say sales so <laughs> there are i mean like sales and marketing is something which is usually in conjunction but at the same time there is there are fine differences between them so the first uh, difference that comes in sales and marketing is the people's perspective perception of it so sales usually has a very negative connotation uh, you know like they tend to be you know those if i can call it the aquaguard kind of mindset you know going door to door so from a mindset perspective it's very critical that you're comfortable with a sales tag now how true or false is it is a different discussion and i'm sure we'll cover it but essentially this is something that is very important the other of course is the main functionality of it so sales is the only function that will own the client relationship so you need to be of course that has a flip side you need to be also careful because the client's perception of the entire company is based on how you have shown it how you treat the customer and so on uh so about when i started about 18 years ago of course there was a huge difference between sales and marketing there were different functions in it marketing was virtually uh, non existent it was primarily associated with fncg companies of course then companies like apple came in which changed it quite a bit and now with the social media where you have linkedin instagram everything the lines are completely blended so very quickly between marketing itself i mean marketing has a couple of main objectives uh, first it's a medium through which you are going to build awareness of the product especially around the discussion we have today where we talk about the first few sales so the awareness is something that has to happen from marketing the goal is to reach as many people as you can you know like online offline or like you mentioned like if we met in an event the last thing of course someone in sales wants to do is to meet a client and that person isn't aware of what you do so from a sales perspective it's it's like a waste of time for that person the second objective will be to capture as much relevant information as you can of your prospect and then you're going to feed it into the sales funnel uh this just doesn't mean you know quantity over quality so there will be a lot of quantity uh quality also that will go into it you will need to work very closely with the sales team to actually get this uh in conjunction with the sales team so they need to work very closely together they have to be more aligned so for example now uh, there's a lot of influencer marketing campaigns as well social media campaigns so they have to work and complement each other sure no great i i i think uh, very very valid you know uh, distinction and the way i kind of uh, distincted uh, in my head the marketing and the sales was that uh, marketing's job is to of course you know from a very very uh, uh, you know process perspective is to get the leads and you know kind of create an impression or create the need and the sales is to really really you know kind of get the money in and kind of close the deal and uh, and marketing like you said you know very well, plays very very important role uh, it owns the perception of the client and it's like you know going in zara and negotiating uh, you'd never negotiate in zara and probably if you go in atta market or somebody local you will probably def- definitely going to negotiate a deal uh, with the person but you don't negotiate with brands i mean i, th- I think that's the power of marketing and uh, the power of sales the way i understood uh, in that way but let's let's look at you know from from the you know from the context of our conversation today that you you must had a lot of first in your sales career you've been in the in the in the journey of 18 years and bringing that experience to the table uh, can you tell our audience that you know what are the steps if you have to kind of simplify the steps of sales 
uh, and you know they should be following to try to make their first sales or you know sales in in a way, especially in the startup environment. Yeah, absolutely, I think it's a very interesting topic uh, because the first thing which people may or may not accept, but it is a fact. Uh, your product at this stage is the worst it ever will be. <laughs> this is obvious if it's a new product, of course. But uh, what people don't understand, even like from a B two B perspective, when you go in and try and sell an SAP software also into a new industry or a new territory, there will be customization. So for all practical purposes, your product is going to only get better with time. Uh, the second factor which you're going to face, especially during new sales, is that there is no awareness of the product. So. it is a given that happens from both ends uh, the client also knows it you also know it that there will be surprises not that it doesn't happen later <laughs> but initially it will be that much more but uh, and especially in a b2b kind of an environment it will be something where the management where the person or the client has to explain to his management why they prefer to go with you so mm-hmm. this is something which is common across b2b and b2c as soon as you have a lot of b2c clients or b2b clients then the thing becomes much easier mm-hmm. so uh this is something which is very you know uh, important that comes out of this uh the so you have to take a few things into account out here so for example the first you need to be clear is that you have to make this solution work uh at the end of the day is the client who has trusted you you have to have his back so he you, it's actually happens everywhere everyone will expect that you will have to give him your focus and in this specific case uh you don't have an option you have to because you have to make it work uh second thing will probably be that uh, initially there is going to be a significant price advantage that you get right so when you're going to launch it initially this could be one of the reasons that somebody else would want to try out your solution or product and therefore move it and as and when the solution gets keep, uh, keeps getting fine tuned you can then keep you know jacking up or hiking up price but it's very very critical from a sales perspective or from, like you mentioned from a relationship perspective that you have to make it worthwhile for the first few people who actually trusted you mm. uh now the flip side to that is that even as a sales person you need to be very careful when choosing the clients it's actually a very strategic discussion or a decision so for for example first you need to understand the psyche of the person who is actually buying it from you uh is it that he's you know what is his main point is it that he's interested in the latest technology is it that he's looking for the best price uh maybe his incumbent or his existing vendor is just you know not somebody he wants to work with anymore so you have to understand why he wants to work with you and the second of course is uh you also got to assess that whether or not he is somebody you want to work with mm-hmm. uh, this might actually surprise a lot of you but it's it's a fact i mean uh, the pressure will only get higher uh there will be the times at which probably you want to take a break and he is going to expect that you will be responding to his calls so you need to have someone on the other end with whom you can actually converse talk uh, you know get comfortable with uh, because this is something i was also very careful when we opened our first franchise uh, so i was very careful i refused about two three of them before before signing up with our first franchise so even in your first sales you have to be very strategic uh, don't just go randomly and knock doors you have to do your research um, you know like for example if you're working for a let's say a software in a financial industry so it's not like you just you know start going to the closest bank or the large bank that is near you there will be many other factors maybe the decision making is not something that happens in india maybe the decision making is not based on price uh, there could be data uh, privacy issues 
So for all these kind of cases, it may make sense for you to collaborate with a partner who's servicing that big bank. So you can get in the inroads. It'll be slightly longer journey, but might be a better one. Uh, so of course, things are radically different now. You can do LinkedIn for extensive research, but uh, and social media, of course. So yes, but you have to strategize and then only take a call. Sure. Well, thanks for sharing. I, I think Kashik, uh, if I uh, my learning has been, and of course, what you said is the of course the commitment has to be there, but you have to be kind of uh, also be mindful of who are, who you are also signing up with, right? And True. if it is something that you believe that the value system will not align, and especially in your earlier sales, it may really lead to more disasters than than the uh, than making any relationship. And I, I think one of the most common mistake I heard is that everybody is my client uh, when everybody is not your okay. client. So uh, I, I think uh, it, it, it is very important for, uh, you know, uh, when we are making our startup and, you know, making our sales is too important. Who is our client and define it very well. And maybe the value system and, you know, the way uh, you are talking to or the value system is actually aligned. And I, I think I read somewhere that people buy people and then they buy later the product and service. So I, I appreciate what you are saying. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Now, uh, it, it is also like, uh, you know, it's all always has been this, uh, you know, notion that extroverts are the best salesperson. But if you think about it, uh, uh, they say that statistically introverts makes the best salesperson, right? Because they listen. Uh, and what's your take on this? And what kind of person you would say you are? And uh, what do you think about the listening in the sales process? What's your view on that? So uh, there's a mixed Briars test, MBTA test, which actually classifies any kind of person into 16 buckets. Yeah. So I happen to be an INTJ, which is an introvert, is the first. And I'm a 93% introvert. <laughs> so I can assure you that uh, introverts <laughs> do excellently well in sales. Uh, I think at the end of the day, you're absolutely right, right? So everyone wants to be heard. Uh, if, in fact, everyone should be heard. And only once you get to actually listen to the other person, you can then decide you know, what you want to do after that. Especially in sales, you need to first understand the person that is on the other side of the table. Uh, what does he want from the product or service? Because at the end of the day, you'll only clinch the sale when it is a win-win for both the parties. Uh, otherwise, yeah. it's a no-brainer. One, one side just walks away. So while trying to sell also, you will need to assess, uh, as I mentioned earlier, right? So if you're a good fit for each other. Uh, so because I have, again, like you mentioned, there are many people who just say yes, 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 yes. And then at the end of it, when it comes to the actual delivering time, they say, oh, can't do it. Yeah. So what they probably forget is that the other person is also listening. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yes, definitely. You need to give a solution to what he needs. And that is something that happens only when you listen intently. And I think that is a big advantage that introverts have. Definitely. Okay. Now, I... Uh, I'm surprised to hear that you are an introvert because I never kind of uh, uh, you know realized that. But uh, uh, but but if you if you you know talk about it and I uh, you said in one of your talks and I in the brain box uh, and I quote that sales the secret to sales is trust and you undercommit and over deliver each time. Uh, could you please elaborate on that, especially in terms of startups uh, who are you know coming up with their products and services? You know what's what's your take on that? Sure. So uh, I think the biggest myth that people have about sales is that, you know, the perception is that anyone who can sell a bald man a comb is an excellent salesman. And this is the worst statement I can ever 
hear of when it comes to this, right? So, the for example, in this case, the bald man will actually go home to his family. Uh, his friends will laugh at him, or probably his family, his wife or his spouse says, "What the happened? What happened to you?" And then probably he goes in front of the mirror and then he starts combing and he says, "Oh, bakra ban gaya types." So <laughs> it, it's very simple, right? He just throws the comb away, but. from your perspective you have just lost a person with whom you could have had a very long lasting relationship i mean if a bald man actually buys a comb from you imagine what you could have given him for over the next 10 years so that is the kind it is about right so it's definitely about the relationship and uh, it's 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 the opportunity cost as well right so you want to ensure that you have somebody you'd rather have 10 clients with whom you can have a much longer perspective you know you can sell different things to them even if not sell at least have a good discussion with them so that is very important so you need to deliver time and time again of whatever you're promising uh, rather than you know like they say even for a customer acquisition right so it's much easier to retain a customer and it's seven times more expensive to actually go and acquire a new customer so same thing goes with the client as well and of course i'm not even considering where he's going to go and tell another seven of his people in the club that oh don't buy anything from this guy he's highly untrustworthy uh now the second part why i believe that you should undercommit to some extent right so for example let's say i can do 90% of the task or the ask that has come from his end i could all uh, tell him 100% but yes i'll have to struggle so it's much better to tell him i can do 85% figure out a way in the meanwhile how can i do the remaining 15 Uh, with timelines, of course, and then when you even deliver a ninety percent, which you should be able to deliver, that level of trust goes up. And sure. being fair, if he doesn't accept eighty-five percent, he won't accept ninety either. So, uh, of course, with this, you have to be very, very categorical that you want to get the remaining ten percent also done. So, definitely, you need to uh, give and put in that effort and ensure that you know undercommit or at least commit what you can do. Don't overcommit for sure. but over achievement and over or over delivering is something that is paramount you have to so sure and i i think koshik uh, i can relate to what you just said and i think a lot of my conversations goes with our clients is to convince them why not to do ip <laughs> because exactly. sometimes we also feel that you know if they are really ready if they really understand uh, what it's going to help them what it is and what it is not and uh, I, I think I realize that it is very very important to tell them what it is not, and uh, in in lot of the cases where we understood that you know people have a very different perspective of you know what we do at least uh, in terms of you know IPR and IPR consulting and uh, educating them that look it may not be the best solution, and sometimes client even convince you that hey uh, I really need this now I understand what you're saying that it's very very important to actually. not to sell a bald man a, a comb because then it will really have a ripple effect because then he will talk really bad things about you you know in friends and on on social media or wherever and then it actually you know kind of dents you uh, your credibility and so probably you know being a sales person could be uh, also being honest you know and being kind of mindful of what you are saying but if you think about it you know one of the most common a uh, situation where sales people or at least because they are doing it on a day to day basis struggle is that uh, how they ensure that client is actually interested in buying their product and kind of puts them in their 
mind when they are thinking about such certain certain services or product uh, what what will you you know advise on that so uh, i think it's much easier now so like right now for example you've just got to keep updating the person right so of course at the end of the day it all boils down to the relationship but if you keep updating the person uh, and in fact everybody about the new upgrades or let's say a new potential client or new client that you've just uh, got on your on board so uh, you need to keep so for example let's give a example here so let's say you need a crm solution next month yeah. uh, next june next year so it's much easier that i keep in touch with you i keep posting on linkedin on the or the relevant social media channels b2b for linkedin something else insta facebook etc for b2c uh, put whatsapp status messages through my business account take testimonials from some of my clients so what will happen is that when let's say around february or march when you're actually deciding your budgets for the next year in june it is an automatic top of the mind recall that you'll say ah koshik was selling me the CRM, has a crm offering so why don't i reach out to him maybe even if you don't in the month of march when you're about to close the budget i just give you a call or ping you on whatsapp another very important thing is that this is something that needs to be done in a very responsible way i have seen some people just calling away at random you know bombarding you with email so this is also something that shouldn't happen so you need to balance it right but definitely uh, it is to that interest or the intent to build a long lasting relationship and what actually is surprising is that uh, or rather worrying is that currently it is something that competition is also able to do Yeah. So it's very easy for somebody else to do the same thing, and then your client will probably be going there instead of coming to you. So you need to be mindful of it and get the balance right. Sure. So uh, you know, just a related question to this. You know, if you have to, as a you know, salesperson or a marketer, we have to put a limit to emails or messages. Uh, would you recommend any any kind of you know safe limits that this is a safe limit for uh, you know kind of sending messages or sending emails? just something as a you know metric for listeners today um so personally i don't think an email more than once in 3 days is recommended because if somebody and i personally do tell people who keep replying and you know reminding me as a i'm busy i'll get back so mm-hmm. this is something and again this actually boils down to the other point you were saying which is listening so yes. for example if i'm traveling and i say yes i'm traveling from so and so to so and so date so the other person needs to be mindful ah he's traveling so let me call him after that that is something that builds that level of trust also with them mm-hmm. on whatsapp i i personally prefer uh, whatsapping than calling the reason is that the person whenever he gets free he can call back or he can continue message mm-hmm. but yes as you rightly mentioned i mean listening is the key and you need to get the balance right mm-hmm. oh, great absolutely i think a very good uh, metric and something which uh, our listeners can take away as a like a immediate step that they can do but you know all in all this in as you said in the sales process it's also you know a lot of people say it's about story right now in terms of startups right uh, of course uh, it's it's a lot in, it is about storytelling but how important is the story or the storytelling in the sales process so you might have noticed an interesting trend most of my answers were in a story format right so yeah. you actually pick up actual anecd- uh, stories or you can pick up you know anecdotes or something like the bald man pull, uh, trying to comb his hair so something like that and you pull out a learning so uh, this is something i have been imbibing but of course i'm a part of the linkedin creators club also 
And that's one of the first few things they also said, try and connect with the audience in a story or an actual incident kind of a format. Mm -hmm. uh, from a relevance perspective, also it makes sense. So for example, you are with, you go and meet a client at HDFC Bank, let's say, right? And you tell them that I did this for ICICI. It's much easier for that person to actually understand the information. Mm -hmm. uh, so the emotional connection is something that builds. Another very diff important aspect to this is, is that it builds trust. Uh, so especially for startups, right? So when you can start a story, let's say with, you know, why you started the company, what actually went behind it? Why did you feel that this requirement is there? So it helps to explain to the client as to what is the pain that you are actually trying to solve. And this is something that many people don't do in startups. Uh, this is a very strong recommendation I have. You should have this right in the beginning. You should have it on your website as well. You need to start building that uh, relationship with your client. And let's face it, right? So everyone loves a good movie. <laughs> some people might like the Bollywood <laughs> ones, which go on with a lot of drama. Uh, some some people like the hard-hitting documentaries. But it's definitely a movie, something that can relate to anyone. Sure. I I, I think a very valid point, uh, Kaushik. And, but I, I think storytelling has also been abused a lot in LinkedIn these days. You know, people randomly, you know, uh, do this, uh, that I, I met this person or I ate this banana and I thought about this and I, I think uh, somewhere we have to also draw a line that has my learning is that with the story you have to be authentic uh, not really picking True. up the, those HR stories that I'm sure everybody has seen that there was a candidate and you know we offered more than what we were you know there are lots of stories people just cook up to just be uh, you know in the story and then kind of put uh, things in the storyline which I always believe that you know, uh, is, is also something of a fine line in storytelling that you have to be authentic. Uh, if True. there is no story, there's no story. You you can't really, True. you know, force a story on something onto it. Um, so, so interestingly, we mentioned on LinkedIn right now that for the entire World Cup, I'm not going to be reading LinkedIn because <laughs> I've got lots of quotes from here. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I think when uh, cricket happened, uh, World Cup, I was seeing like hundreds of stories and people are trying to connect random things with random things. And I, I think that kind of, you know, puts you off. Uh, so Correct. I think while storytelling is important, I think uh, what uh, I believe is also important is to be authentic and genuine about those stories. Uh, you know, randomly doing things may not be working. But, True. you know, like this, you cannot be successful all the time. And, you know, uh, uh, what would you advise in these cases? Because, you know, it, it kind of hurts egos, you know, when, when you're trying to kind of be the salesperson. So what's your advice on those? So uh, my go-to in this kind of cases is always the Pareto principle, right? So it states that 80% of the results come from 20% of inputs. And this is everywhere in all walks of life. Most definitely in startups also, and definitely in sales as well. So you need to try, let's say, 10 different things. Uh, it can be meeting out, you know, try and reaching out to 10 different clients. Six will definitely not work. Two would be average and the other two click. This is the same with investors as well, right? Uh, the best thing or the worst thing is that there is no way that you can actually predict which of these two are going to work. So you will have to strategize. You'll have to uh, take a call on trying 10 different things. And I think uh, failing is something where actually the maximum growth happens, right? You just have to be mindful of one thing. You need to be able to learn from your mistakes. Uh, if you don't fail, I genuinely believe you haven't tried enough. Uh, you could have done much better. And if you haven't learned 
from your mistakes then it's just that you've wasted the opportunity so that's one of the reasons i love to read i love listening to podcasts as well uh, it's very cheap and it's the fastest way to learn from other people's experiences other people's mistakes which will probably you know uh, make it much faster for you to not commit the same mistake again sure i i i think one of the most uh, powerful uh, statement around this i heard from my you know uh, mentors and coaches was that not everybody will buy you know live with that uh, right. and i think that kind of gives a lot of peace uh, that you know not everybody will buy from you and uh, you know i uh, you you work for a client you work for a prospect or lead you know you you know that it's it's almost there and and you know in the last minute they say hey um, sorry i can't and that kind of breaks you away uh, break break you apart and uh, but i think uh, one of the learning that i had in this situation was that uh, to keep reminding yourself that you know uh, not everybody will buy and uh, and you are not really also buying from everybody right so so make peace with it and and move on uh, absolutely great so uh, so your podcast brain box you know uh, what's the story behind it can you can you share a bit more about it you know i'm sure listeners are already enjoying talking and hearing you uh, where they can actually extend this conversation and hear more about it sure i love talking about brain box by the way <laughs> but yeah i mean i started actually just you know i got out of my previous startup uh, september 21 i had a bit of free time you know my wife was like no why don't we just you love talking to people so why don't you just start something i'm a big fan of gary v as well so that's how it started uh, so the first episode was in 2021 september and the theme was always around leadership so this can be startups corporates both the facets uh, interestingly my first guest was also my mentor that time from uh, wipro days uh, ashish patel and who was then the md for cisco and now of course he's with google as well and i spoke to him for about 30 minutes focused around leadership and it was a literally a life changing kind of a discussion right i i just realized that the insights that you can actually get from him or from other people like this is unbelievable uh, for example that episode alone got about 45000 likes on linkedin within the first 48 hours so that's when i realized so the trend continued i interviewed managing directors ceos uh, ex chairman of public limited companies etc so currently i'm into season 9 um, it's crossed about 15000 downloads it's available on all platforms as well spotify anchor amazon google podcast apple podcast i also have a linkedin page by the new brainbox media but my genuine recommendation to people is that if you can you should start your own podcast so for example like you're doing the series i think it's fantastic uh, so a podcast for example will take about 5 hours from end to end including research everything for a single episode but it's definitely worth it uh, while video will keep going i think audio is also something that is the future uh, i will not be surprised that people go back in time and uh, prefer you know radio over the television i think that trend is beginning to happen uh, people want to multitask uh, they want to get things done faster so definitely you know earlier it was test matches now it's t20s odis is almost forgotten so i'll not be surprised if you have a t10 maybe in a decade's time so yeah. definitely i think podcasting is something that's a lot of fun great no thanks for sharing koshik and i i do believe that uh, you know uh, humans are trying to be multitaskers and trying to reduce uh, whatever you know sensory things and visual is going to kind of uh, go down and t10 has already started by the way 
and oh, okay. uh, uh, you know uh, normal one days is like now i think india bangladesh was there and i was like oh it's a 50 or match i mean everybody <laughs> has forgotten about 50 or match uh, exactly. so i i think anyways uh, very very rightly said that the future is of course uh, people are going to be on podcast and, and amazing learnings i mean you can listen while you are driving or whatever so uh, but thank you for doing that i mean on on the behalf of all the listeners at least i can voice them and say hey thank you for doing such a great uh, podcast and i encourage all the people who are here or listening it later uh, do go follow brainbox uh, for sure you know amazing amazing sessions so now before we end uh, koshik let's let's try to kind of put uh, all the takeaways in in a nutshell right um, would you like to share something like a playbook of sales for startups wow uh you actually has a great questions already so we've discussed most of it but yeah i mean in a playbook perspective i would create uh, the first is that you have to document the why right you have to start with that uh, think why you are making the startup uh, build a nice story around it as soon as you have that in place i mean and i'm assuming that your product etc is set so i'm just thinking from a sales and a branding perspective uh second is of course you have to strategize on who the people that you want to reach out to you know in like your potential customers uh you have to build relationships with them be honest about what you can or cannot do uh you have to leverage social media this is something that is a non negotiable point uh you know like there are some parents who probably still tell their kids to be off social media but in 10 years i don't think there'll be a single person on the planet who will not have a social media account so it's a done deal you have to leverage social media you have to be there for awareness for campaigns marketing uh do not wait for the product to be 100% ready before launch right because then it's already too late so as mark zuckerberg also keeps saying that you know you launch it at 70% and then figure out the remaining along the way uh and this is not from a product perspective i'm saying this is for across so be it the story be it a digital marketing be it the awareness be it from the sales perspective uh i have seen so many sales leaders especially startups who just wait for the things to get completely in place before they want to you know go and talk to someone and it's 10 out of 10 times that they're late so uh this was in fact very relevant even for investors you have to start talking to investors from the beginning just keep them updated what what is happening believe it or not most of the investors do follow your company pages Uh, so it takes about 6 months to a year i mean you know it as very well uh, to close around the funding uh, so that is something there i think another critical point is you have to be ready to fail as you mentioned right uh, so you will learn a lot more when you fail rather than when you succeed only uh, i spent about 14 years in b2b and the last 5 years in startups but without a doubt i have learned much more in the 5 years in the startups than i did in the corporate jungle and probably the last thing you have to add on to this will be that you have to try and stay ahead of the curve so i was into cryptos from 2012 uh, completely exited now because it's common uh, so as a podcast also for example it's something that i'm already into season 9 people are beginning to start their first seasons now so you have to put in probably 40 50 hours into anything that you're going to uh, you know get invested into but you definitely need to do that so if somebody wants to build a personal brand invest the 50 hours that are needed to research you know do whatever is required posting on social media etc attend great courses but you have to put in the effort and most definitely be worthwhile in the end 
thanks kaushik uh, it has been wonderful having you uh, thanks for sharing uh, you know such a great insights on sales any questions uh, we haven't seen any question yet but uh, if there's any question uh, would like to take it up uh, but kaushik uh, really really pleasure to have you uh, it, it's a great conclusion for us uh, to talk about sales thank you for being here thank you so much govin for having me on the show as well uh, it was a really pleasure as always interacting with you Thank and wishing you and arctic invent the very best for the future as well thank you do follow our show on your podcast app to stay tuned to new episodes i am the chief business officer of green tiger which is all set to be disruptor in both the ev and petrol two wheeler space you can reach out to me on www.linkedin.com/in/koshik-post